0: Hi there, welcome into this week's edition of Downtown the Podcast, episode number 84. My oh, word, uh, Rich Kimball with you, along with Carrie Haskell. From the Zone Radio Studios in Bangor, Maine, it's where we originate our daily show. Downtown, Monday through Friday, 4 to 6 Eastern Time. On the Zone Radio stations of Maine, streaming audio at our website, downtownwithrichkimball.com. Podcast is brought to you by the good people at Cross Insurance where security meets strength. And this week on the program, a trio of guests, talented folks in the entertainment business, including an Emmy Award-nominated actor and an iconic duo when it comes to the world of comedy music. We're talking about actor Tim Matheson and Barnes & Barnes, the nom de plume, if you will, of actor Bill Mooney and his friend Robert Hamer. But the guys who have been making funny, funny music off and on for more than 40 years now, including the best-selling or the most requested song in the history of the Dr. Demento program, Heads," And they've got a new album for the holidays, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on. But first up, uh, back on our show, Tim Matheson, who has been in the movie and television business now for more than six decades. My gosh, uh, perhaps best-known... For his role as Eric Stratton, Otter in Animal House, or his Emmy-nominated turn as Vice President John Hoynes in The West Wing. But he has worked with everybody in the business through the years, uh, from the days of doing Leave It to Beaver, My Three Sons, uh, working in westerns like The Virginian Bonanza appearing with Lucille Ball and Henry Fonda in Yours, Mine, and Ours, and these days keeping very, very busy with a number of shows, including a starring role in our terrific new Netflix series entitled Virgin River. We had a chance to talk about the new series and more with actor and director Tim Matheson. Hey, Rich. It's good to be with you. How are you doing? Doing just great, thank you, and uh, man love love the new show. Uh, my wife and I watched the uh, first four episodes over the weekend, Carrie and his wife why first of all, our wives are hooked, and so are we, but this really a terrific series. Oh,
1: that's great to hear. I mean, you know, it's such a unique experience where all 10 episodes drop. I mean, first for me, all 10 episodes drop at once,
0: and and then
1: you get different feedback from different people, and, and uh, very exciting very very
0: exciting well doc Mullins, uh, an interesting guy indeed and uh, <laughs> already some some character development taking place just uh, from his initial introduction to the new nurse practitioner who doesn't make a great impression but uh, now starting to learn some of this backstory and it's quite interesting
1: yeah you know he's uh they just peel back a little bit each episode and uh it's um, it's a fun world and a fun character. I must say, it's just uh, you know, and Robin, Carr has so many books she's written. I mean, there's a wealth of, of material and characters and information about them. And um, so, but it's, it's it's an exciting world to be in.
0: Yeah, and you've got such a wonderful cast too: Alexander, uh, Alexandra Breckenridge, Martin Henderson, Colin Lawrence, yep. and man, just watching pros like you and Annette O'Toole work together is so yeah. great. Well, yeah,
1: <laughs> Thank you very much. I, you know, I've known Annette for, uh, gosh, I should dare say 40 years since we were kids. And she's a um, consummate actress and wonderful to work with. And, and I've, I've done several shows with her before. And so it's like, um, it, it's like just falling in with the, the old team. You know, it's like we just picked up where we had left off before and, um, with many fond memories, and she's just great to work
0: with. Well, we had uh, Mr. O'Toole, Michael McKean, on the show a few months back, and he said, uh, ah. he said I'm taking a little time. My wife is shooting a series in British Columbia, and so I'm I'm going to be with her." So, uh, was he along for the ride while you were working on season two?
1: Well, uh, he came up. Yeah, he came up and stayed up there for a while, and um, I, I, you know, it was a nice, probably a nice break for him. Um, and because it's beautiful up there, it's just wonderful in, in Vancouver where we shoot and um it, it's an, a, an interesting city um and it's a you know it has a u- just this amazing multinational population and a huge chinese and asian and indian uh, population and, and uh, people coming to live there and so it's uh it's really
0: it's a unique place and uh, season two has already been shot. So that's that's nice to know that you've already got a couple in the books and ready to go.
2: Well,
1: Netflix just loved it. I mean, they, you know, uh, jumped all over when they saw the episodes and um, just invited us back for more. And, and I must say, I had a great time, too. I directed two the first year and two this this year. And um, it's it's fun being on both sides of the camera and working with the actors in front of the camera, behind the camera. and. Um, we have a great crew, and and so it's uh, it's it's a very nice family we've created up there.
0: We're talking with Tim Matheson here on Downtown. Now, in our house, we also enjoyed Heart of Dixie. So, what are the similarities? What are the differences between Doc Mullins and Brick Breland?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, they're both doctors in a small town, and there are a lot of similarities. There's a tonal difference. I mean, certainly. The Heart of Dixie was was a lot sort of a lighter comedy, Mm. a lot of comedic comedic moments and and, uh, more extreme situations and and played for laughs and and a lot of fun. And not that we don't have those moments in, you know, Virgin River, but it's much more um, dramatic, I think, and and romantic. And it centers on the relationship between um, uh, Alex and Martin um you know Mel and Jack and and also Doc Mullins and and Hope um McCray. so it's 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 really about relationships um more so i think than the the sort of the comedic interplay that, that we had before
0: and and it's i don't heart i don't want to have any spoilers for people who uh, aren't uh aren't caught up yet but uh, i but in the process of saying to my wife while we're watching there's something there. There's something that's gone on with those two. and then not next episode. Boom! Oh, now we learn a little bit more, and and that's what's great about it. These are such fully developed characters.
2: Yeah,
1: I mean, working you know from the books, um, Sue Tenney, our showrunner and our creator, is is just a master at you know putting together those those stories just a little bit at a time and just you, you know something's going on and then oh oh yes find out a little bit more and then a little bit more and and it just keeps sort of evolving and and it, that's the fun for us as an actor is you you get into an episode and you find out a whole bunch more about your backstory that you didn't know about and you're like oh boy okay
0: <laughs> you mentioned the way they're dropping this on netflix with an entire season at once do you find that's changed the reaction you get from friends and from fans
1: Absolutely. I mean, because I've talked to people already who've seen them all, you know, seen all 10. And uh it just seems to be a whole new way of watching. And instead of appointment television where, oh, on Thursday night, you watch Seinfeld, you know, or you watch you NCIS know, or whatever show is is your sort of favorite. Now, people just binge them. I mean, it's not uncommon, like you said, Rich, that you and your wife watch four episodes and um it's and, and and so it's more on your terms and there's a difference i think watching sequentially if you watch two back to back or three back to back people tend not to watch just one they watch two or three or four episodes in a row so it's um we're very mindful of that and i think and, and Sue Sue Tenney is our a writer our head writer is is because she'll make sure that the timeline follows and that there's no big jumps in it or inconsistencies and, and, um, it's, um, it just makes for a slightly different, uh, process when you're filming.
0: I think it's great though, as a viewer, particularly when it's episodic like this and then where the storyline continues uh, from show to show, I, you know, I, I'm getting a little long in the tooth here, much easier for me to remember now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, and we, and we don't do that. We don't do that. Um, you know, i previously on Virgin River, you know, where where every week you have to sort of bring people back up to speed, you know, as you remember or you do it in the writing, you know, remember, like last time we talked, I said to you. And, and so you don't have to write that way or you just you just keep going and keep telling the story. It keeps unreeling. And uh, I find that a little bit more realistic and and it just changes things slightly in the creative process. And, and, um, and I really like that. And, and, uh, it's, it, it, it's just, it, it's, it's amazing how this business has transformed from when I first started.
0: Well, you're on fire right now. You've got Virgin river on Netflix. So uh, you've got a continuing role a recurring role on this is us as Dave Malone, yeah. uh, on the good fight with Christine Baranski, Madam secretary, <laughs> which just wrapped man, you're, you're yeah. hotter than ever these days.
1: Well, it's, it's fantastic. You never know. You wake up in the morning, you don't know if your career's over or you got six jobs going on. You know, it's like, it's just the, the joy and and the plague of being a freelance actor that I've been, you know, my you know, 60 years, I guess I've been doing it. So it's like, um, it it it's really one of the things that I love so much about this business. I don't have to go to the same office every day and do the same thing every day. And, um, it's just, you got to create and carve your own career out of all of that and have the mental fortitude sort of, you know, it's sort of like a, I guess, like a, an athlete, you know, trying to get from the minor leagues to the major leagues and putting up with all the adversities and problems and injuries and things you go through. And and then all of a sudden you get a call and you're, you're going up, you know, you're going to the big, (laughs) Oh my God. You know, and you don't know, you didn't know that call was coming. So you just got to, Go out, do your best every day and in, in whatever manner you're playing, what team you're playing, and however they want to play you. And, and then one thing will lead to another. And I, I always just think good work that gets good work. So I just keep slugging away at
0: it. You've done it so long. Are you still able to be surprised by things in the business?
1: So always. And I'm still learning. I mean, you still learn some new stuff every day. And, um, and the business is shifting, you know. And also, that's one of the reasons I sort of really am- Got so excited about directing, you know, over the years because it allows me a chance to get involved in other aspects of the show that you don't get involved in as an actor, and to work more closely with actors to try and help them, you know, help them give the best performance. I used to remember I, I would do a show and I'd say, Wow, I really did a good job in that, and I'd look at the show and it wasn't particularly. It, it, remarkable it didn't look that great and then i looked okay and then i'd look at a show i didn't think i did that well and or i got you know 60 percent of what i wanted to do and yet it looked it was a great performance and it looked fantastic and i realized that's the director mm-hmm. that's the you know, it's like the team coach you know that certain teams gel and certain teams don't because of the, the strength of the coach and that's what a director does you put the camera in the right spot the performance is stronger and you make everybody look better, and you know it's that's that's your job as a director, and that's one of the joys that I have.
0: Do you like directing yourself?
1: It's tricky, yes, but at least I know what the director wants, you know. <laughs> uh, so, uh, but I and I try not to let myself get away with murder, you know. <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> We're talking with Tim Matheson here on, on Downtown. I want to talk about. Uh, Some of the many shows from your past, last time you were with us, uh, we covered a lot of them. But uh, you worked with Lucille Ball a couple times uh, in Yours, Mine, and Ours, and then you did uh, one of her series, Here's Lucy. What what were those experiences like?
1: Well, she was one of the greats. you know. I mean, um, I'll never forget how gracious and generous she was to me. And You know, she was like the first female exec in Hollywood. She and Desi owned a studio called Desi Lou that produced their show, but it also produced, um, the Dick Van Dyke show. It produced a lot of other shows. And so when we started, there's Mind an Hour, she had just sold all the rights to Desi Lou and all the, I think, the, uh, the studios. I think for it then, it's something upwards of $20 million, which, Today and today's money would be like, you know, a billion dollars, oh, yeah. I guess. I don't know. And and but nobody really re- remembers that she was like an executive. I went up to her office and, um, you know, she ran those studios. She ran that business um, and then developed that screenplay for Years, Mine, and Hours for her and, you know, and for Henry. And um, but as an actor, she was very demanding. And, you know, just expected the best from everybody, whether you're three or 93. She didn't care and was constantly keeping us on our toes and making sure that we, you know, performed correctly, um, and, and did our job well. And, and, um, just she, I remember would take me aside and counsel me about, you know, this business and what, you know, you want to stay an actor, you want to, you know, you want to be a star. And she would give me insights about that. And uh, I remember one time we were doing a big complicated scene and she was such a great physical comedian. And she just said to the whole room, she said, always rehearse with your props. (laughs) If you don't, you can't hone it. You can't craft the, the performance And like knocking over the milk or tripping over this or that you have, that has to be practiced and to be exact if you're going to get your laugh. And I think that, you know, that comes from vaudeville. I was fortunate enough to work with Hope, Bob Hope and Jackie Gleason and Lucy and uh, Debbie Reynolds. You know, they're, their tradition dated back to vaudeville, especially Hope and Gleason. And, uh, and I think Lucy, you know, had her toe in that water too. So I mean, it was, It was really uh, remarkable to experience that generation of stars when I was a kid.
0: We talked with you a little bit last time you were on about the West Wing, and Richard Schiff was on with us not too long ago. And, and there are people who look at the West Wing now and say, oh, that was, that was a liberal-leaning show. And I, and I always think, well, you must not have been watching too closely because I thought it portrayed both sides as, first of all, caring most of all about the nation. And so I, I wonder now, yeah. 20 years later, is that is it a fantasy to think that we can go back to a time when compromise wasn't a bad word?
1: One would hope, you know, one would hope. Uh, I think we're experiencing a, hopefully an aberration in our, uh, history, but, uh, time will tell. You know, I mean, I think really, really what it boils down to is this impeachment is part one of the 2020 election, and then we'll see what happens in part two of the 2020 election. But it, it's, um, you know, I, I think that, uh, we, we, you know, we have a different media landscape and, uh, so, um, Not even too political about it, but I I think it's something that we're passing and and, uh,
0: we can only hope. Fingers crossed on that when you were on with us before we determined that if the current occupant of the White House was an Animal House character, he would be a little Niedermeyer and a lot of the back end of Dean Wormer's horse. But now I feel like we insulted the horse. Well said. Well well said. Tim, it's great to have you back on with us. We really love Virgin River, the new series on Netflix. If you haven't, checked it out. You're going to absolutely love it. It's great to talk with you once again. Thanks for making some time for us. Yes,
1: thank you very much. Great. It's always a pleasure. And uh, thanks for the feedback on the show.
0: That's Tim Matheson here on Downtown the Podcast. And uh, yeah, we've we've watched, Carrie several episodes of the series Virgin River. We like it a lot. And you can see that that's one of those that may have some staying power on Netflix. I can see a lot of seasons of this. Happening. It. it, My wife was hooked halfway through the first episode, Mm. and it's just beautifully shot. Oh yeah, yeah. The cinematography is terrific on it, and uh, it really is a a wonderful show with some talented actors doing their thing, uh, like Annette O'Toole and uh, Tim Matheson, plus all the other things he's got going as well, and and a great guy. Really enjoyed talking with him again on the program. When we come back, uh, we take a slightly different turn into the world of comedy, music, and the bizarre world of Lumania. Captured in a new album entitled Holidays in Lumania from comedy music team Barnes & Barnes. Bill Moomy, Robert Hamer in their roles as Art and Artie Barnes talking about holidays in Lumania right after this word. From Cross Insurance.
1: Since its founding in 1954, Cross Insurance has grown from a small family-owned agency that started in Bangor, Maine, into one of the largest super regional insurance agencies in New England. With the network of offices throughout New England, Cross Insurance works with top carriers to provide maximum value to you, your family, and your business. We're proud to be the official insurance broker of the New England Patriots and would welcome the chance to provide security for your team. For more information, visit CrossInsurance.com. Cross Insurance, where security meets
0: strength.
2: It's Christmas in Lumania. It makes me so happy I could cry.
0: Ah, there it is, the opening track of the new Barnes & Barnes album, Holidays in Lumania. Let's listen to a bit here.
2: News are hidden cheese. Beer is flowing everywhere. Smell it on the breeze. It's Christmas in Lumania, where spaz chows all unite and hang their heads in sorrow and cry their tears all night.
0: <laughs> Just makes you want to gather around the family hearth, doesn't it, Carrie? Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, well, we're both big fans of Barnes & Barnes from the days of fishheads, more than 40 years ago. And, uh, man, they just keep going. They've, they've taken a little break for a while. Recent series of interviews, including with us, the first they've done as a team in about 23 years. While they were off, you know, doing, doing things like raising families. <laughs> and we also found out in the course of our conversation that of the two, Art and Artie Barnes... Certainly the darker side of their music comes from Artie. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm glad to finally know which it is. <laughs> uh, Bill, uh, Art Barnes, uh, perhaps the more pop-centered, more melodic half of the duo, but they worked so well together, we had a great time, I would say, interviewing them. It was basically just getting out of the way while Art and Artie Barnes did their thing and talked about holidays in Lumania and more. I say to both of you, Vubaha.
2: Baha, Baha. Baha, Rich. <laughs> How
0: are ya? We are great here. So excited to have new music from you guys and, and doing interviews again. I, by my count, 23 years since you guys have done yeah. interviews. Were you uh, were you out in the cornfield?
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, I think we got busy uh, raising uh, kids and getting married and doing all that kind of thing, and kind of uh, we didn't do a lot of barzing and you know, for like a 20 year period. Now we're back at it. It's kind of like, you know, Laverne and Shirley. We just couldn't stay separated too long. <laughs> you know, we we were listening to holiday music and, and realizing it's the same old stuff every year, and it seems to come around so quickly. So we thought, well, we ought to throw in a new batch. So we cooked up a... Fifteen songs, new new holiday songs that cover quite a few of the holidays, Kwanzaa and Hanukkah and Christmas and angels and yeah. demons. And we, Sanitar- we covered all the bases, every major uh, you know religion, etc. So uh, yeah, we it's a diverse collection of fifteen tracks here, and we had a blast, and, and we're loving it. So we're proud to talk you know, talk about
0: it. Now, uh, Artie, I understand that uh, of the pair, perhaps you're the one that uh, leans more toward the darker side.
2: Yeah, I know. I, that's kind of a rumor lately, but yeah, I, I I accept that. And It's funny. I was going to tell you the story. You know, Art Barnes, I, I work with the most talented uh, songwriter on the, the face of the earth, Art Barnes, for 50-whatever years, maybe more. And I said to Art months ago, I said, we need a new Christmas song. So we, We've done a couple, but we've never done an album. So the next day, Art calls. He tells me, uh, okay, I wrote and recorded a Christmas song. Come over and sing it. And to make a long story short, ten days later he said, "Okay, I got ten or twelve songs. It's an album now, just come do your part." I said, "Hold on, dude. alright I love you, but hold on." Uh, so I said, "I got to be represented here with with my sound, like you say. I'm I'm, I'm a bit quirky, and you know, I like I wear that, and I like that." And uh, so you know, I came up with several. Uh, crazy kind of ideas to go with Art's more cute, cutesy things. So, you know, Art came up with a song I'm looking at the album here. I am a flying reindeer which is one of one of my favorites on, on the album that uh, Art put together mostly. And I said, well, okay, well do I am a flying reindeer but it's got to start out with the line don't peep me on my Christmas tree that is so important to me. And so you can see how this relationship works. It just kind of yes, you can see it becomes it's a sick relationship and he is in Indeed, the dark mind.
0: <laughs> so Art, is it safe to say that uh, perhaps Artie was more of an influence on on the? What I think will become a holiday classic. The Angel of Death is near.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's all him. I just played the. Uh, I think I played the organ on it. But uh, yeah, no, that's that's a complete Artie Barnes uh, you, composition. You can almost yeah. You can almost tell who's uh, who writes more of what just by the titles alone and. And if I may quote you a couple of lines from that song, uh, My holiday season's joyous through, Daddy bought some beer. Drink it up, my buttercup, the angel of death is near. So that's yeah, he's always talking about death hovering over his shoulder blades. <laughs> well, does it, does it get more Christmassy than the angel of death is near? I, I don't think so.
0: After yeah. about 40 years of listening to Barnes & Barnes, I now know which Barnes I identify with. Because oh. the Angel of Death is near is by is my favorite song on this on this new wow. album. Well, good
2: it's good that you identify with Artie. It's it's real that, good. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> but you gotta, you gotta be careful of that. You never know. Don't step in this puzzle.
0: You've uh, you've covered all of the holidays, uh, and, but we we were talking about uh, some of the artwork on here. Uh, Carrie, our producer and, and co-host, wants to have uh, Krampus as his Christmas card. <laughs> Who's responsible though for this phenomenal art?
2: Uh, well, let's uh, give all that credit to uh, John Caffiero, who uh, is, he runs this great boutique label that we have just signed with. Demented own, uh, last year Punk called Records. The Demented Punk Records at DementedPunk.com. And uh, John is he he does it all. He's a, he's a groovy guy, He's a, he, um, he manages the Misfits, he runs record labels. He's also in a band called Osaka Popstar that's had a lot of fame and fortune, I believe, in the last bunch of years. So, John, put this uh, the packaging together with our As with you poker. know, that Krampus in Europe is kind of a multi-century old holiday, kind of the yang to St. Nicholas's yin. And uh, I had found a really old, multi-century old uh, drawing, or painting, excuse me, that featured Krampus. And uh, I had suggested we use that for uh, an album cover, And then um, Demented Punk Records uh, created from scratch something that incorporated that. And it really is a, a, a really cool. Uh, Design that they put together for this holiday.
0: Yeah, We're talking with
2: uh, it's got on colored vinyl and it's got you know the CD is out also of uh, Holidays in Romania.
0: Yeah, we're talking with Barnes and Barnes
2: or your compact disc.
0: Yeah, and you can get among other things uh, not only uh, not only that but some of the early albums have been reissued as well through (laughs) Demented Punk, including vubaha and and I, I have to get one of these. This this is the Christmas gift I want. Not available for 40 years, the Fish Heads t shirt.
2: Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It looks. Go I got to say, it looks maybe even sharper and better than it did uh, when it was initially released in 1990, or I mean 80. Yeah, uh, it's a great design. Years? And uh, oh, yeah, perfect and little stocking uh, you, know, you could get it for, for what to wear to all of your years. holiday soirees. <laughs> And it uh, also comes in a really cool uh, black pinky type of color now too, and it's, uh, we're really excited about it. And that's all through Demented Punk Records.
0: Now, Art, Art, excited. Art, are there any uh, are there any Lumanian holiday traditions that the civilians like us might not be aware of?
2: Well, you know, it is the season for spuzzle bobbing.
0: Oh yes, going to
2: yeah. say the drinking of the spuzzle. Yeah. If, and, you know, you don't drink too much of it.
0: Well, no, you have so to be careful. Slippery,
2: so. there. You know, and uh, sadly, it's also to renew the season. You know, there will be a sacrifice of a great newt.
0: Well, that has to be a, a part of it. They're yeah, not.
2: You know, it, it's just, just the way things go. It's, you, know, you got to roll with the punches before they roll over you.
0: you. You mentioned your families, and so I have to assume that uh, you were still uh, spaz child, born to suffer at the hands of women and to make music.
2: Boy, you well, called that one right. Yeah, you know you got We that don't one right. quite as much as we did uh, in 1980. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but yeah, that's what uh, Spaz Chow was about. Yeah? yeah, that was a hard period that year. But, uh, you know, I always liked that Spaz Chow album. That was our, our second album. And it is a life of eternal spaz childhood. <laughs> it's kind of true.
0: <laughs> we had uh, we had Dr. Demento on our show not too long ago. What did he mean to your careers?
2: Uh, you know, people ask us that, and and, uh, and and I love the answer. I, to me, I'm speaking for Artie Bind. The man is a god, and uh, you know, I don't really think I. And I've been around a long time. I've never met a smarter person than Dr. Demento, and a kinder person in the music business or in life than, than he is. I can't say enough about him. He overnight, you know, gave me a career and I'll drag Art with me on that. I mean, he gave Barnes & Bonds a career. And when Fish Heads broke, kind of overnight in 1978, that changed my direction, you know. Art and I, at the time, we were we were in different bands were writing alone and together, trying to write pop music, in which we always, you know, we still are, and Art it definitely is. He's been writing pop music for fifty something years, uh, but when Barnes and Barnes broke, it's like, oh my gosh, it was all it was no- all novelty music pretty much all the time from then on, and uh, and it was just all fun. I mean, let I, me just what? add to this: once you've seen ahead. Dr. Demento naked on your kitchen floor, crawling around and howling like a wolf. Uh, it's an image It's going to be hard to get out of the tattoo. We've seen that in your brain. Back in the days of the hot tub.
0: Well, I, you know, what? as referenced on one of your songs, I, I would dance in my underwear for you.
2: Oh, oh please don't. i rich. We're looking forward to that. <laughs> please don't. Dance in someone else's underwear, and it'll be acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you know, we're, we're too old for that nonsense now.
0: <laughs> now, is the story true that uh, you guys sent songs to dr. Demento and, and never expected to hear from him and he got back to you but but had to make some suggestions
2: yeah what yeah. happened was we had been recording these kind of live spontaneous jams just for ourselves for quite a few years every six months or so we'd get together at my house or at uh, Artie's house and we would just kind of record some silly songs and write them spontaneously and we'd collected several of them and uh, Artie was a huge fan of the Dr. Demento radio program, and he said, well, let's, let's roll the dice and send a few songs off. Dr. Demento's assistant will probably just throw them in the trash, and he'll never know about it, but let's see what happens. And uh, so we sent him a couple of songs, and right away he responded to us with a, a letter saying, oh, these are great, and I really like them, but uh, I can't play them. Because they're a little too blue, so to speak. <laughs> uh, so One was about about vomit. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, take it, so, mm-hmm. oh, do you Let me to take the story from there. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. So that we we did three or four uh, songs uh, specifically for Doctor Demento, uh, because friends that we would play these songs for would say, "Yeah, these are funny." Send them to Doctor Demento. I was a huge fan, like Art said. So that tape sat by my door for three or four weeks before I meal because literally I thought. Oh, his secretary will throw in the trash. Okay, well, a week goes by, I get a handwritten letter to Art and I from Dr. DeVento telling us, you know, I love this stuff, but, you know, for the reasons Art said, can't play it for these reasons. But then he issued the challenge that changed our life. He said, I can't play this, I can't play that, but what else do you got? So we had been working up a couple different versions of fishhead in the mid to late 70s. Never really serious about it. It was just kind of a joke. But we kind of had the chorus, and we, we sang it, and we have a couple of old versions of it that have that it, since it's been released, actually. I, I put them out a few years ago. Um, so we thought, okay, let's, let's really work up Fish Heads. By now we had a nice, a newer tape recorder and kind of a professional you know, thing going on. So well, we, we had a fish big head, fight while we, we were recording song, Fish Heads. Right? 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 And, but we knew right away Fish Heads came out really good. <laughs> So anyway, we fought over the, uh, shall we say, the chipmunk chorus vocals. That that was my idea, but you have to give credit to Artie because the chorus was, hit. and we had gone out to a Chinese restaurant and had, uh, had a, ordered some fish with the the meal, and the fish came curled up on the plate with its head, you know, intact, kind of staring at you, daring it to yeah. eat, it. and uh, that's where the the song sprang from. Anyway, we finished up the version that everybody knows, and we sent it off to Doctor Demento. And the rest, man, is showbiz history. It was just a rocket ship to the stars. Yeah, and it started with the uh, with Barry's show, and then it also broke kind of uh, a big uh, L.A. radio station around the same time. So things were things were happy and kind of fast. And I, I was working at a drugstore sweeping the floor and a, a cashier in my early twenties, and it's like I was able to quit that job. And, 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 then and then Bill Paxton, who, Billy Paxton the late, oh, great so. Billy Paxton, mm. a, a close friend of ours, he really wanted to uh, to make a Fish film. So, uh, you know, because we played all the instruments on all of our albums ourselves, we never really wanted to put a band together. So instead of putting a band to go play gigs together, what we did was we put a band of filmmakers together. And so we made several films you know, sixteen millimeter little uh artsy little films and Bill Paxton was pretty much the uh director of the Fishheads film and he went and took that to Saturday Night Live in New York. He was fearless. He was absolutely fearless. And he just brought it like it was uh, little rascals or something. Here's our movie, man, you gotta play it. And the next it's thing you know thing. they played it. Yeah, the funny thing is, this was mid 1980, and Fishheads was already, you know, getting all this airplane happening, and it was great. And Paxton says, "Hey, I want to try that. Let me direct that film." And and the funny thing is, and you, this would never happen 40 years later, is our whole goal was, okay, we're going to finish this, you know, on a, st- a shoestring budget and get it to Saturday Night Live. And Paxton did that. Yeah, he was uh, great. And, and then the Simpsons was sang, on the other you know, and It was a weird thing. It. it became a, a yeah. submarine sandwich commercial and Fishheads has been very good to us. Continues yeah. to well, resonate. Uh, we've had a blast.
0: We're talking with Barnes and Barnes, the new album, Holidays in Lumania, available in stores. You can go online DementedPunk.com, get it on CD, get it on vinyl, and you can also get a limited edition five by seven greeting card signed by Artie and Artie. How cool is that?
2: Pretty cool. Grab it fast. There's only about 20,000 of those.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is indeed a real good album. And I'm just wondering which of the songs on Holidays in Lumania will be the one that ends up for years and years being played uh, in in a set on radio stations uh, right between White Christmas and Let It Snow.
2: Yeah, well, you have the power to help determine that, don't you?
0: We do indeed. Yes. So
2: what do you think? Santa's Gone on Strike is maybe the, the first single.
0: Oh, I what love that. Think?
2: That's up to you guys.
0: Well, <laughs> if it were me, I don't know if it would catch on, but if it were me, I would go with Horny at the Holidays. Yeah, yeah.
2: That's, yeah, it's got that, that kind a of one. hip-hop groove behind it. It's not just yeah, yeah. blue for today's lyrical reality.
0: <laughs> well, we love the album so much. And by the way, Art, uh, if you see your friend uh, Bill Moomy, tell him I really enjoyed the music he did on, uh, on his album Lockford.
2: Oh, thank Ooh. you. Yeah, well, yeah, sure. Thank you. <laughs> you know... I've heard for years that you know Art Barnes is that former child actor Bill Mummy, or is it Mummy? I don't know, but I he's never been straight, straight with you. me about it. But Art, was that you? Were you that little boy on Lost in Space, Who made with no, the red I was hair, inside the robot? Was there? How an dare you botch matters, or you'll lose your friends. <laughs> <laughs> he won't answer me never tells me i don't
0: know what to believe we don't want to know we li- we like living in our own little world here in uh well an adjunct state of lumania
2: and what a world it is indeed oh, what a world we've created
0: well, gentlemen, thank you so much for for forty plus years of of wonderful music and laughter. And I I would say that you you warped my childhood, but we're we're about the same age here, so I I can't <laughs> pin that on you. But thanks so much. We love the new album, Holidays in Lumania. And th- thank you so much for visiting with us. And
2: thank you oh, for your time. for the support. I'm glad you're yep. digging it. Happy yep. holidays, everybody.
0: Barnes and Barnes, Art and Artie Barnes, Bill Moomy, Robert Hamer. The new album, Holidays in Lumania. Go to DementedPunk.com and get one of those limited edition great stuff. We're waiting for our uh, Demented Punk Barnes & Barnes swag tour ride. We're going to look very stylish this holiday season. Just in time for my holiday shopping, I'll have a brand new Fish Heads tote bag. I'll have have my new black and pink Fish Heads t-shirt, too. I can't wait. Uh, So much fun to talk with Barnes & Barnes and, of course, the wonderful Tim Tim Matheson as well. Thanks to all of them for joining us and you, too, on this week's edition of Downtown the Podcast, which is brought to you, as always, by the good folks at Cross Insurance, where security meets strength. We'll see you next time right here on Downtown the Podcast.